You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. Today, I have with me Jerrica Jeck. Jerrica is a dating and relationship coach for women in midlife, which I think is an amazing niche. I love it. She considers herself a ninja at online dating, and she helps her clients find the good men and do things differently this time around, changing their patterns for good. Jerrica, thank you so much for being with me today. I'm excited to get embarrassed. <laughs> Woo, yay! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, fill in the blanks. Tell me what I missed about who you are and what you do. Well, that was a pretty good intro. I do live in Seattle, Washington. I have a 15-year-old son. I am a dating coach for women in midlife, and I I was kind of my first client in a way, I guess. <laughs> I love it. I did online dating myself met my honey there. And like you said, I kind of consider myself an online dating guru or ninja. Because let's face it, there is a lot of craziness out there with it and difficulty with it. And people get so frustrated. But I'm just like, what if it could be actually fun? And it can work. And so I'm just like that voice of hope that Yes, I'm not going to say that it doesn't have the, the downsides, but it can be fun. And it can actually work. I think at the end, I'll tell everybody about a free video training I have kind of getting you started on how to actually make this online dating thing a little more fun and successful. Yay. Awesome. Okay. We will definitely give you more details at the end of the show there if you want to find out how to look at that online video training course. I love it. All right. Are you ready for the rapid fire questions? Let's do it. Okay. What was your first job? Kentucky Fried Chicken. It sounds like this nightmare job, but it was actually really fun. Okay, what is your superpower? Oh, my superpower. Now, this is might sound controversial, but it's reading the future. Not like I get visions or, you know, put my hands on a crystal ball or anything. It's more practical than that. What I've realized is when someone makes a choice in their life, or if I do, I can, I can kind of like see five years from then, 10 years from then. I'm like, well, if you do this, like probably this is going to happen. So you follow the thread Mm -hmm. and you just play that out inside your head. Okay. What is your favorite thing about the place that you live? It is the summer. I live in Seattle Mm -hmm. and it is absolutely gorgeous here in the summer. Okay. What is your love language? Quality time and physical touch. So basically let's cuddle and watch a movie. (laughs) Okay, perfect. I love that you named two because I think we all have a primary love language and then a secondary love language. So you know, we don't have to put all our eggs in one basket. (laughs) I've studied that a little bit, you know, as a dating coach, I've I've definitely Mm -hmm. read the whole book, and I've taken the test. I think it's helpful to kind of know about it. And with some people, especially if you have kind of opposite love languages, it can be really, really important if you realize, oh, I don't really consider gifts important. And the other person, that's their main thing. Mm -hmm. But like, when I look at it, and I look at the five love languages, I'm like, well, can I have all five? Let's just cover all the bases and we'll be good, right? For me, gift giving is like the very bottom. It's almost like a zero out of 10. Mm -hmm. But I still like to get a gift. Yes. And it isn't necessarily the gift that's meaningful to you, but it's the thought behind it. Mm -hmm. The gift is satisfying a different part of your love languages than it would seem at the surface. So absolutely. If you could rename yourself, what name would you pick? This is kind of a funny one because I actually already did this. You did. <laughs> yeah, I already did this. Sweet. My first name, Jerrica, 
I guess I'm giving away now all the secrets, all my secrets, really, if we're going to get to the embarrassing story, but I wasn't born with the name Jerrica. Should I just tell the story or give my name? Let's go for it. I want to hear it. We can't stop here. I got to (laughs) know. My birth name was Jennifer Jack. So I still have the JJ. And my parents were hippies in the 70s in California. Picture the dad in the gigantic beard down to his belly button, kind of, and (laughs) this kind of stuff. So they thought they were picking this unique name, but it turned out to be the most common girl's name that year. That's right. Everybody I knew in high school was Jennifer, I feel like. Exactly. So it was Jen, it was Jenny, it was Jennifer. So I always liked my name, but I wanted it to be more unique. Remember, I was a hippie child. So I kind of always wanted to change it. And I waited until after college because I couldn't really, I I liked my name. I liked JJ and I couldn't really find something that really worked. And then I kind of came up with Jerrica and I was 22, just graduated college and I moved to Germany for two years. So I thought, well, I'll move to this new place and I'll just tell everybody that's my name. Nobody knows me. And so I'll kind of like try it on. And so that's what I did. And then when I came back from Germany, I was like, yep, I'm Jerrica now. So then I informed my family and made the legal change and did all of that stuff. And how did your family respond? <laughs> well, remember, I was raised by hippies. So they were like, great, anything you want to do. She like, chose her own name. do it. Yeah. So oh my, my dad had already changed his name. He changed it from his middle name to his first name. So it wasn't like a huge thing. But my mom had already experienced that. That's so fascinating. Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to tell each other our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we feel better about ourselves. We remember that we're not alone. We remember that the people we're looking at are not as fancy as they seem. And we all connect through laughter and just kind of showing our underbellies. So what do you have for us today? What are your not so fancy moments? Well, of course, I have to tell a dating story. I mean, those are always like the funniest anyway, but as a dating coach, (laughs) a couple years ago, I met this guy online and we went to our first date, our quote coffee date, or I call it meet and greet. So the first date's kind of like a blind date and that went well. And then after that is what I call the first date. And he wanted to get really creative, obviously, and kind of outside the box, which I thought, you know, major points for that. So he invited me to play softball with his co-ed softball team in a game. Oh, dear. And this is kind of my philosophy about life and dating, of course. Throw yourself out there, get out of your comfort zone, and have fun, you know, and don't take it seriously. So so I kind of saw this like as a challenge. Okay, I haven't played softball in like, you know, 20 years or so, but this sounds exciting. It sounds a little scary. And uh, let's do it. (laughs) I love it. In the same spirit of that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get out and practice, you know, threw the ball around and went to the batting cage. And keep in mind, this was like more for me, necessarily than it was for him. I didn't really know him yet. I I wanted to embrace the situation of playing in the softball game. But I also, you know, I wanted to do good. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) First of all, I didn't know him. I didn't know the team. I didn't know you know, are they competitive? Are they drinking a beer after every run? Mm-hmm, like I had mm-hmm. no idea what the kind of scenario was. Are we going to be in a park? Are we going to be in a giant stadium? What are the bases made of? I know exactly. nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. the, the, what, what are the bases made of? That's kind of related to the story. So we, we go to the game and the game starts and I was one of the first at bats. You know, I think they had a shortage of women. Maybe this was his ulterior motive as he just wanted a woman to like <laughs> play on the team. Who knows? But I was up at bat, like much before him and stuff. And I I hit the ball. So, you know, that was awesome. I was like, great. That's a huge win. So I hit the ball, but not real good. I think I hit it kind of like right to the first base. 
So I was at home plate right in that moment when I hit and I went to spring off because you want to like sprint right to first base to try to make it. And the dirt right around home plate was really, really loose, I guess, because as I dug in, it just kind of gave way. And basically, I did a Superman face plant one step from first base, which was also like directly in front of the dugout, which is where my entire quote team of people who I didn't know, plus this guy, I really literally fell on my face lying down in the dirt. Of course, I got out, you know, also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just humiliatedly, I guess, kind of like picked myself up, literally dusted myself off because I was just covered head to toe in all this dust. And of course, I just tried to, you know, oh, hey, yeah. And, you know, they were good sports about it and everything. They were like, good job. Nice oh, try. And like I just kind of like <laughs> slunk back and then had to hang out with them, of course, in the dugout, all dusty. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Sorry. How painful was that? What did the rest of the game look like for you? It was slightly physically painful. (laughs) I bet. So that was kind of part of the embarrassment, too. I was 48, so I hadn't played softball in 20 years. You're trying to, like, slink back into the dugout, but you're like, like, oh, "Oh, oh, my back, oh, my knee, like, didn't hurt a bit, and... Woo, yeah, I'm totally ready for my next step at that. And, uh, yeah, <sighs> the, the game ended up working out fine, and we actually ended up winning. Nice. Also, I found out later that this team had lost all their games. Wow, so they weren't expecting much. Yeah, they weren't Yeah, they weren't expecting anything, and, and I ended up being kind of like the hero of the game. They were like, oh, we won because of Jerrica, and, you know, not because of that moment, probably. So you were able to move and function throughout the rest of the game. That's impressive. I, I did have another moment later that was kind of half a success, half a failure, half embarrassing, half proud. Uh-huh. In the outfield this time, I was... I forget if it's right or left field, but I think it's the place where nobody hits the ball. Okay. (laughs) I was like Uh way behind first base. So I was out there and right away, somebody pops a fly right to me. Oh, golly. And I caught it. Nice. That's the hero part of it. But I caught it actually in my right hand without my mitt. Ouch. So... That was kind of like a combination of my determination, but with my lack of experience, like my automatic thing was catch it with your right hand. It hurt so bad. You're like, I broke it. My mine's broken. <laughs> I actually, I bruised like my whole palm. Oh my gosh. Then again, I just like, oh yeah, that didn't hurt at all. Oh <laughs> Everything gosh. is fine. And of course they, they cheered in this situation. I was like the hero, but I tried to pretend like uh, it was totally normal that I caught it with my other hand. You're like, oh, I'm trying not to throw up. Yes, that was exciting. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. Well, that was very brave of you to be willing. And you obviously didn't ask the 30 follow-up questions that I would have had for the guy at the meet and greet. Like, okay, <laughs> before I decide whether or not I can play with you softball, I need to know, will there be an audience? <laughs> Is this like a feeder team to a pro team or are we going to be like right. drinking beer? On the fe- oh, yeah. Wow. I'm well, very that's kind of part of That's part of like what's kind of difficult about a first date is that, you know, I'm trying to be cool. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're trying to play like, like, yeah, sure. Is it going to be okay? Like, is everybody going to laugh at me? And do I have to be really good? And he like, he was trying to reassure me and stuff, but I'm trying to be like, yeah, it'll be fine. And So did you go out with him for a second date? Actually, we did. I dated him for like about another month or so. So that the rest of that night ended up going really well. 
that's the thing about embarrassing moments. It was embarrassing to me, but nobody else cared. Right. And furthermore, people probably felt more connected to you after they experienced that with you. Maybe. (laughs) Because then instead of a caricature or somebody that they're looking at comparing their insides to your outsides, now they've seen your underbelly and they're like, oh, she's normal too. She does things like that too. And she can laugh at herself and everything. I think that not only is it that we need to learn to be less embarrassed because other people aren't seeing us the way we think they're seeing us. But furthermore, it probably makes everybody like you more and feel better. I'm not suggesting that you go tripping all around, (laughs) you know, on purpose. But I think that showing people this side of us is kind of a fast forward to not necessarily intimacy, but just connectedness for sure. Absolutely. Okay, what happened at a dinner party at your house? Okay, so this one, I was a little bit younger. And I got to say, because I'm going to have another story after that's that's about high school. And my view of embarrassing stories has really changed a lot from the high school one. As I've gotten older, it's just been kind of like, you know what? Life's too short to feel horrible about this. And so this this next story, I kind of was able to like move on really quickly, but (laughs) it is pretty funny. So I was at a dinner party at my house. In this case, I was surrounded by people I really, really trusted and my boyfriend at the time and really close friends. And it was a small group. We were doing the mystery dinner game. Ooh, fun. Everybody had costumes, different costumes for the different role that they were supposed to play. And my role was Miss Senorita Margarita. (laughs) (laughs) And so I kind of dug through my clothes to find the right thing. And you know how it is with costumes. You end up kind of rigging together something a little weird. Totally. So I took this shirt that I had that somehow spoke that costume. And the shirt, I turned it into a skirt. Oh, fancy. So I kind of had it around my waist and somehow tied, kind of hidden under the rest of my costume. And then on the outside of my costume, I also had red hot chili pepper lights all around me like a big necklace. And I had tights underneath and all this stuff. Costume was like kind of complicated. So at one point (laughs) during the murder mystery game, I was standing up in front of everybody else, probably to say my lines. And they were all sitting down and I was standing up kind of like a little presentation. And as I stood up, the skirt just fell off. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> because it wasn't supposed to be a skirt. Somebody was sitting on the cuff of the sleeve or something. <laughs> the even funnier part about it was that I didn't feel it fall off. Oh, I didn't no. notice it at all because of all like the tights and the lights and all this other stuff that was going on. So I was talking and doing my little lines and acting out my little murder mystery thing. And my friends are like, hey, Jerrica, you might want to put your skirt back on. You're like, they're giggling. I am so funny. I'm totally pulling this off. I think I just pulled my skirt back on and just kept going. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that's not where that belongs. Yeah, move it along. Luckily, you had tights on, although tights can be really ugly without something over them. At least you exactly. weren't like bare cheek in it. Yeah. This was not like the sexy tight look. This was yes, like yes. the <laughs> granny weirdo yeah. tight look. The thing underneath that you never want your lever to see, like, yeah, no. you're strapped in no, no, tight no, no. under there. That was not planned. <laughs> Love it. (laughs) That's so great. I've never been to a murder mystery party and I think they sound like so much fun. Is that a trend that's kind of come and gone or do people still do that? I don't know. Actually, I haven't heard anybody talking about that. Of course, we can't really do anything now in 2020. Right. Definitely not invite people over for a dinner party, but wouldn't that be fun? Oh gosh. Once everything lifts and it's going to be like every night. People are going to be partying. I'm going out tonight. Then tomorrow's the mystery night. And then we're having Mm -hmm. a sleepover. And then we're having a ranger. Whatever. Yeah. We're all going to be exhausted like three months into when everything lifts. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait. (laughs) 
Tell me what happened to you in high school. This one felt a thousand times more embarrassing because of, you know, being 15, I guess. Yes. So I was on swim team and we had a meet. And at the meets, there would be volunteers who would do the timing. Well, there was this hot guy from the other high school and he was one of the volunteer timers. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And he was actually like, kind of talking to me. And I was like, oh, I mean, boy. I was just crushing hard. So what happened was I got so flustered by this cute guy that when it came my time to do one of the races, I dove in and just started doing the wrong stroke. I was doing like freestyle when I was supposed to be doing breaststroke. Oh, no. <laughs> which made me like way, way faster than anybody else. Breaststroke is like the slowest one. And that was the one I was supposed to be doing. So I got way ahead. I got like a half of a lap. And then I realized, so I kind of just randomly switched back to the oh, stroke gosh. I was supposed to be doing. And I got out of the pool and they kind of informed me, like, you've been disqualified. And yeah. I'm like hanging my head like, I know. And you know, oh. it's like I don't think anyone else, nobody talked about it. It was never mentioned again. A lot of people didn't even know it happened. Right. Everybody's watching something different at a swim meet. I was so humiliated. Oh, you poor baby. I didn't even look at that guy ever again. Opportunity missed. I just was like, swallowed me up. Ugh. Yeah. Now you probably would have handled it so differently. You probably would have gone back to him and be like, did you see that? Oh my gosh. And like, you probably oh would have been, you know, on a date with him that night. Oh yeah. If your confident grown up self had, had done that. Exactly. If the Jerrica that could fall on her face at a softball game and then catch a pop fly, the very, yeah. <laughs> if she had done that, that would have exactly. played out completely differently. <laughs> I guess she had to go through a few of those moments and just yeah. be embarrassed and then realize nobody else cares. Yeah. Like I wasted so much time worrying about it. I know. This is the thing I keep trying to tell my girls when something awful like that happens. I totally feel for them. I don't try to play it down. All I can say sometimes is, honey, that was a character building moment. You'll be better for it in the end. I mean, what else can you say? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Were your parents at the meet? Uh, No, no, they weren't. So you just had to suffer all alone (laughs) about that. Yeah. You know, being 15, I'm sure I didn't want them at the meet. Oh, yes, I know. I wanted, but didn't want, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's very complicated at that age. Yes. It really is. Yeah, yes. your relationship with your parents. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being willing to tell us those. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> now I'm just proud, you know, badge of honor. <laughs> totally. Another thing that happens when you start telling people your embarrassing stories is not only does it remind you of more embarrassing stories, but it reminds them of their embarrassing stories. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, I got to tell you this one and that one. It's 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 fun. And then everybody just ends up laughing about it. And then you, yeah. just, you, you just all realize, like, it really doesn't matter. It really is just funny. Yeah, it's just fun. If life were perfect, it would, I think, be pretty boring. (laughs) True. (laughs) What have you been loving lately that you think the listeners might love too? Well, I have been loving this podcast called Losing 100 Pounds with Corinne Crabtree. Now, I don't have 100 pounds to lose, but I do have the COVID, the five, the COVID 10, whatever that they talk about. Yes. The COVID 19. um, Yeah, exactly. But I didn't (laughs) quite gain 19, but I did gain a few. But what I really love about this podcast is it's the only weight loss or fitness type of podcast that is really all about the mindset. She doesn't have anything about, you know, you're supposed to eat this or you're supposed to eat at this time. It's literally like, what are the thoughts that are going on in your head? 
So let's say if you have an evening snacking thing, it's like, well, why are you snacking in the evening? And it's all about really digging into behind it. It really inspires me as a dating coach. I can give my clients tips and tricks. And that is true on like how to do online dating, you know, how to do your profile and different things like that. But it just comes down to the mindset. The motivations behind the behaviors. It's like the mindset about the embarrassing stories. Yes. In that baseball game, I could have just crawled into the corner and wanted to disappear. Or I could have gotten up, brushed myself off and continued. Yeah, absolutely. You could have left. You could have been like, I'm out of here. Bye. It's almost like you would have inflicted more trauma on yourself and then you would have had more to deal with. Absolutely. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay. I'm going to have to check her out. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? This is something that my mom always said. So write this one down, tattoo it on you, whatever. It's (laughs) make plans, but don't plan on them. And I just think it is so deep. Make plans and have things that you're planning to do and goals and all of that. And be willing to be flexible, totally change everything and just be open to new stuff. Kind of hold them loosely. Yeah, make the plans, do the figuring out, do the prep work so that if your plan works out, you'll have what you need. But then if things turn on a dime, just go with it. I love it. What is one surprising thing about you no one would know just by looking? This piece about me like being raised by hippies. I think people look at me and they just see suburban soccer mom. And really the way I grew up was so unconventional. The things that my parents did when I was two and my brother was four, my parents both quit their jobs and traveled around California in an RV selling candles. Really? How interesting. (laughs) And we ended up having those candles around for years because I don't think they sold any candles. (laughs) It didn't go well. (laughs) But they did make that adventure. And then see, when I was eight, again, they quit their jobs. They started by selling jewelry on Fisherman's Wharf. And then several years after that, they ended up moving to Washington State and opening a jewelry store here. So they kind of, you know, went a little more straight, I guess. So that was a progression that you kind of got to watch. I mean, to me, that's the normal thing. Maybe it's almost like I think it's obvious that everybody else would see things that way. Mm, And so it's surprising mm -hmm. to me when I'm like, oh, you think it's strange that I did this kind of sudden... That I moved to Germany for two years? What of it? (laughs) Exactly. It's like, I just, you know, went to live in Germany. Now I'm back. Normal, right? Oh my gosh, that's so great. Okay, tell the listeners where they can find you and definitely tell them how they can find your freebie online video instruction for making internet dating better. Well, I'm everywhere at Love Coach Jerrica. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, got a great YouTube channel. And then my website is lovecoachjerrica.com. There's just a red button on that page about online dating training and they can just click right on there and scoop it up. Perfect. And I'm going to tell you listeners, just in case you don't want to have to go to the show notes, Jerica is J-E-R-I-C-A. I will have links in the show notes to all the places where you can find Jerica. Oh my gosh, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, thanks for the laughs. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, that was fun. Wasn't Jerica great? If I needed help doing some online dating at this stage of my life, I would definitely go to Jerrica for help. Sounds like she's got it wired. She's had some success. And she also seems like a very practical and pragmatic person, which is, I think, a great combination. 
Make sure to check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 70 to get all the links we discussed today. Next week on the show, we have Stephanie Hall, who is a personality types expert, and she mostly deals with the Enneagram, which is so much fun. And we had a really fun conversation. And she has some really cute stories, one about a feminine hygiene product and one about a wardrobe malfunction. So that is so much fun. Make sure you come back next week for that. If you have a story to tell, go to fancyfreepodcast.com and click the big red button and leave me a voice message. I will polish it up and edit it on my end and it just may end up on the show. It is so much fun. If you want to hear an example of what that might sound like, go back to fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 68 where I interview Tina Dierna, but then also we have a special pop-in listener, Patrick, who tells an embarrassing bathroom story. (laughs) It's so fun. If you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, then definitely join us in the Fancy Free Facebook group. It's our private little slice of the internet. We can laugh at ourselves together. The question of the week this week is, have you had an embarrassing adult sports incident similar to Jerrica's? And I have, and it has to do with me being a really bad sport. And if you're interested in that story, head over to the Fancy Free Facebook group and uh, see what I shamefully have to say for myself. (laughs) I'd also love it if you'd follow the Fancy Free podcast on Instagram and tell a girlfriend about the show this week. The more the merrier. We want to spread the laughter and love. Have a great week, and remember, no one is as fancy as they look. Mm